Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Listen, I have Darian on from Qualify, and we're going to be talking about his firm today. And it's going to be fun, and it's going to be fast, and I uh, can't wait to get into it. Darian, would you do us a favor, the audience a favor, and introduce both yourself and introduce Qualify? Hey, for first of all, thanks, William, for having me on. Sure. Um, like you said, I'm Darian Michael. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Qualify. You can find us at Qualify, spelled with an I instead of a Y, um, dot HR. Um, and what we do is we've built the fastest phone interview experience in the world. Um, and it's a, it's a screening platform for high volume recruiters to help them, uh, like I said, to screen candidates faster, um, make them more efficient, um, give them some time back in their day and get candidates hired faster. I like that. So high volume and, uh, and you define that uh, high, sometimes people, when they say high volume, they, uh, it's a synonym for hourly. Uh, are you thinking that way with Qualify? Or are you thinking high volume, just high volume can be anything. If you're hiring a thousand engineers and you just, it's high volume. You have more engineers. Uh, take, take the audience into where the way, the way that you and your, your customers use the word high volume. Yeah. And, and honestly, it does mean a lot of things to different people. Um, in some cases, high volume could just mean um, I'm a, we're a small team, uh, a single HR person right. that also does the recruiting that just has more volume than they can handle, uh, which might not mean the same as, you know, a team of four to 10 recruiters that is, you know, hiring hundreds of people a month. Uh, but we actually have serviced both of those. And what it tends to be is um, where you'll see tons of applicants, where you might be hiring, you know, regularly for the same position. It is often hourly positions um, or positions that are prone to um, turn over, turning over quickly. Right. Uh, but we usually sit where, um, or we usually service best when you're receiving uh, a large influx of applications um, and, and, and oftentimes that may not be like your, your highly skilled, highly technical positions that you might have to like headhunt more, but it is often those, those hourly positions that you recruit for regularly. Love it. And so the, the way that folks categorize you, because, uh, uh, you know, this, this industry is littered, as you well know, with a lot of lingo, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're addicted to lingo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, on, on some level, I can see people thinking of you as an assessment. Uh, as a peer screening, you know, uh, you know, application and interviewing application, where, where do you, your customers, like, I think that's probably the best way to start it, is where do your customers see you? Yeah, I'd say they see us in the interviewing space, mm-hmm. um, but where we differ from other interviewing platforms is uh, the specific step in the process where we sit. We're usually just after receiving an application mm-hmm. um, or the, or the resume, uh, we we occupy what would have been the phone interview, um, right. So, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's pre-qualification. It's very, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that pre-qualification. Most of the time, uh, our our recruiters are asking, you know, roughly you know five to ten questions to 
qualify them to move them to the next stage where they may do a more in-depth interview. Do, you, do y'all get currently, uh, do you get into scheduling or, or do you see that as a path, you know, down the road that you want to get into once you've qualified, then putting them into a step of, step of scheduling queue or something like that? Yeah, without getting into any of our like road mapping secrets, that is definitely. Ah, I don't want any secrets, Terry. No, it's not nothing too secretive. There's nothing you know crazy, <laughs> innovative specifically there yet. But right. um, we do anticipate uh, spreading our tentacles into. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's lo- it's logical, right? I mean, at one point, if you're doing the pre-qualification, which is so time-consuming for folks, and you can take that off their plate. And, and then, you know, take that thousand candidates down to the hundred that, that they really should be interviewing. Then it makes sense that right. you would, you would then go further into workflow, um, you know, without giving, again, without giving away trade secrets and whatnot. <laughs> um, are you, are y'all using kind of conversational bots and AI to, to pre-qualify or kind of take us into pre, what, but what is pre-qualification look like? Yeah. So uh, I'll kind of give you a little bit of like the, the, how it works. So sure. recruiters pre-record audio-based questions into our platform. They're able to take those questions from their uh, question bank and stack them to create standardized interviews that ah, uh, cool. they can send out to their, to their candidates and the format for which these candidates respond is they'll receive a, a text or an email invitation. They click a link to read instructions. Their phone number is either already programmed into that invite or they're able to enter their phone number. They hit start, confirm, and then our system dials them. And then from there, it's very similar to navigating a voicemail. They can respond to the questions. They hear a real person's voice. They respond to those questions and we record it. We transcribe it and make both that, that recording and that transcription available to the recruiter. And um, as of right now, we uh, most recruiters really love just the utilitarian nature. Like you said, our our industry is is littered with a lot of like buzzword technologies. Um, but right now, we're focused on just removing that scheduling process and getting the information back to the recruiter a lot faster than they were before. Um, I love this. So yeah. what I love on on the standardized you know the standardized interviews is uh, as you as you well know that that helps with all the you know the DEI kind of initiatives that folks have because we're not yeah. asking one candidate one thing and another candidate another thing so I love that I love yeah. the recruiter's voice uh, or the hiring manager's voice and being able to ask the questions I love kind of that there's there's an element of humanity to that um, and I also love the use of mobile. Uh, which I think is great both for this audience, um, a, a high volume audience, but also yeah. I, I just think it's smart. That's on their phone. It, it hits it. They can obviously just click on something and then listen to it and react to it, leave a thing. Now, is there a transcription of, and transcription might not be the right word, but is there is there a way for recruiters? Because what I'm trying to get to is kind of the scoring element. Mm-hmm. So again, we have thousands, you know, I'm going to just use based, you know, you know, just regular numbers, but let's say we have a thousand people that we send this out to and they all respond and they all, they do, they respond to those questions. How do we know which ones answered the questions the way that we want and how do we stack rank them? And again, that might not be something you do, but I'm curious as to, cause I love the way you're doing it. I love, yeah. I love the standardization. I love mobile. 
I love the humanity or the voice. Like, I love all of that. I'm just wondering, you know, how do, how do they then get to, how does the recruiter then get to the hundred? Again, these are fake numbers. Yeah. Uh, How do they get to the most qualified of those folks? Yeah, no, that's definitely something that we're excited about in our, uh, in our roadmap. Um, right now we really focus on just relaying that interview and right. a lot of people until they experience it, they don't, uh, they may have similar questions of, I still have to like, they may say like, I still have to listen to it or I still have to read it. And right. the short answer is yes, you do. Um, but what they don't realize is a lot of the time saving gets cut out. And the fact that, that they're not doing it. Yeah. yeah, they don't have to schedule. They don't have to go back and forth with candidates to get time on the calendar, which is usually you know days in the future. Oh, and yeah. then the actual review process is it goes from a what would have been like a thirty minute you know typically a, a thirty minute phone call down to what we see as an average of five minutes of review uh, because we don't you don't have to listen to yourself ask the questions anymore. You can also listen to or read through um, spe- like specific questions first, so you can jump around. Oh, um, cool. So you can, you know, you may have knockout questions or, you know, questions that like compensation or start time, like, you know, their start date that, you know, may rule them out a lot quicker if they're not a good fit immediately. And so you can save a lot of time that way. Oh, I love that. So the audio file, if I understand this, there's eight questions in the audio file, they can then see the specific answers if they just... It, Again, if they just wanted to go to one of those eight, you know, one of those questions and go, I really care about the answer to this. Yeah, exactly. The way that we present it is stacked by question. Um, So you can hit play all at the top and it'll run through all those responses. Um, Or you can jump straight to the the compensation response and and listen to that first. Um, So, yeah. Well, I love that. I mean, obviously the, the, you know, what, you said it at the very beginning with qualify, this speeds up everything. And that, that helps because these candidates are making decisions pretty fast anyhow. So the faster we can get on the recruiting side of the hiring side, the more we can kind of be nimble uh, in a way and, and, and mock their behavior as well and be as fast as they are. So I, I, I love that. Um, what, where's this, where does, I mean, I know where, where, where workflow wise, you know, they apply, then we take the data and then we can do what we want with it. Where does it go back into their workflow? Because I'm assuming it goes back into an ATS, but um, it might not. So just take us into how your customers are thinking about workflow uh, with Qualify and using those audio files. And then again, those that they want to kind of pursue, then what do they do next? Yeah, absolutely. So um, out of the box, like we've, we've built our solution to be, uh, really user-friendly and, and, and really straightforward out of the box. So um, they can either enter candidates manually. So as they receive candidates via, you know, their, their job boards or via their ATS, they can manually enter those candidates. All they need is contact information, their first, last name and email or, and or phone um, to get those invites sent out. Um, they can, like I said, they can do that manual entry. They can also download lists and upload them directly. So the real power is being able to do a lot more asynchronously. So um, they can do one at a time, hundreds at a time. Um, and then we also can integrate with uh, their ATSs to automate the process. And in that case, they're able to um, 
do a two-way sync of information. Right. Um, but, but out of the box, they're able to, like I said, to upload information. And then we make it really easy for them to download shareable links that they can share with colleagues internally. And then also the transcription, or, yeah, the transcription PDF, they can also save that for record keeping or internal sharing purposes as well, um, which they can save um, to, their, to their candidates file. I like that. I like that. Um, I know people are going to want to know um, the integrations far, uh, part with ATSs. Um, obviously, y'all are modern technology, so your API is probably uh, relatively relatively easy and pretty clean. Um, who do you already have integrations with, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so our first one is we just kicked off. And for context, we're, we're an early stage startup, and um, we, we just kicked off our integration with iSIMS. So we're integrated oh, cool. with them. Now, the way that we approach it typically with customers is that it's customer driven. So as, right. we, yeah, um, yeah. as they have those needs for more integrations, we, we drive that decision. hundred percent. That's the way but, it should. That's the way it should be. I mean, ultimately, if you lay off a hundred customers and 70 of them use ISIMS, you should be deeply integrated with ISIMS. Makes right, sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and you'll follow that the more your customers you get and the more, you learn about that, the more of those integrations are just going to follow that. That's so fantastic. Um, Examples of questions that you've seen from customers that you just really love. Can you take us into some, some questions that, you know, just these are benign questions. These are the kind of questions that you, you know, everybody's going to ask these three questions. Yeah. That's a a good one. I'd have to dig like in, you know, more in depth into specific questions because every one of them have like different, different needs, but the way that we typically recommend setting up your questions is because um, it is a little bit of a different format than what your live interview experience might be. Right. So um, I kind of teach them to do what I refer to as like a sandwich of an intro and an outro. So really set the tone at the beginning of the interview and, and, and also leave or lead with a softball question to get the candidate used to the experience. So in mine, uh, when I do demos, I usually ask, like, what's your favorite coffee order when you go out uh, for coffee? Uh, just so they get a feel for that first question experience and then get the ball rolling. Uh, but from there, a lot of them are um, around fit to the job, fit to the company, uh, learning more about their experience, and then your logistical questions. So, you know, what compensation expectations might you have? What's your start date? What's your availability for a follow-up interview? And then the conclusion would be, usually around um, what next steps might look like, alluding to what next steps could look like, timeline, and then uh, allowing space for them to ask questions. Um, this has been actually really helpful. We've, we, you know, we eat our own dog food. We've hired a few people recently. Um, and so we can go into those live interview situations already knowing what questions the candidate has and being able to address them in that next um, experience with them. That's, uh, first of all, that's fascinating. I, I love the way you frame that. And, and I also love that you're allowing the candidates, even in this context, you're allowing the candidates not just to answer the, the questions that are, that are kind of fed them, which is great. Uh, and it's fast. And again, it's hitting them on technology that they're carrying around in their pocket. So it makes sense yeah. that you're allowing them the space to then saying, hey, if you've got questions now, <laughs> yeah. this is your moment. What? Yeah. What? And it's really important too because the the candidate experience matters. Like when we built this, we built this as a tool for recruiters, and right. we wanted to help them save time, give them back time in their day. Um, but if candidates don't like it, then recruiters aren't going to want to use it. And so 
we um, we've gotten really great feedback from the candidates side, um, luckily, and they really love the the convenience, obviously. But then also they feel less pressure while they're in the interview. Uh, but coaching the the recruiters through how to set up these interviews, making them a little bit conversational, engaging, add, adding in those conversational cues um, is still important to make that that friendly, inviting experience. Hundred percent. Well, you're you're automating it, so you you know, and everyone understands that. Which again, I think we're at a place now in time where people are comfortable with that. You know, like I go on a yeah. website and I'm shopping for something, and a and a and a bot pops up. It's it's not it's not trying to hurt me. <laughs> right <laughs> it's trying to make my experience better like i get it um yeah what 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 questions are you seeing from candidates either either for 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 you for qualify or what are you seeing for some of your customers what are the, what are candidates interested in these days that's a question so we we don't we haven't really dug into the specifics of what the candidates are, are asking those questions so i couldn't tell you that specifically um, for us and the things that we've gotten back are um, really just about the role itself, like what's, right. what's to be expected, um, learning more about the company, growth, you know, potential within the company, um, oh, that's you, know, you know, pretty typical, uh, typical candidate questions. Yeah. 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 Well, what's interesting is growth potential. It's, it's something we always think about like internal mobility and mobility mm-hmm. in general, but you know, COVID it's, it kind of shattered everyone's thought of like, what is mobility look like? What is internal mobility? What is promotions? What is succession? What does that all this stuff look like? It's, it's interesting. To, it's interesting to hear that candidates, like I know there's a curiosity. In fact, uh, and, and this is actually ISIM's research, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things they just researched about early stage uh, careers, uh, folks, uh, fresh grads, is uh, they actually want to go into the office? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I literally, we we're doing a podcast. I'm like, say that again. <laughs> like what? And she, and you know, she's explained the data, and she's just like, um, so here's the deal. Like, go back to your first job. You want to go in. You want to go. You know, to get dressed up. You want to go into the office. Well, they're no different. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It yeah. does make it does when you when you think about it, like I would I want to go into an office? No, especially as not. a new person, as a new right. Uh, when you when you need a little bit more feedback and yeah, that yeah yeah I can see that. So the questions I love the ability for for qualify to give you know to help facilitate a great conversation, which is what a really a, an interview, a great interview is, is a great conversation. You're just kind of getting to know and getting to understand the person partly selling the company and job and yeah. you're, you're also partly they're partly selling themselves as a candidate like you know so there's a little bit of a dance that goes on i love that you speed things up and it's convenient for everybody um and and again i i love the fact that the you know there is a point where candidates can also ask questions and hiring managers and recruiters can respond to that oh, yeah. um so, so right now, or when you say early stage, which is, which is fantastic. What was, uh, take us back into the kind of the origin. We, we skipped over it at the beginning, yeah. but That's why, good. why did you could have started anything there? Why did you do that? Why did yeah, you no, this? no, that's, that's, that's a great, and, and it, this is also something that we usually weave into our conversations with, with, uh, our prospects, um, and our customers is that we, we understand the pain points because we've done it ourselves. So, for me personally, the reason, the pain point that I experienced was 
actually not high volume recruiting, but kind of that scenario that I painted where I was a single, you know, person leading a lot of different responsibilities at a fast growing company. So I was at another company called Viral Launch. Um, It was a fast growing startup. Uh, We're based in here in Indianapolis. This Mm -hmm. company, it was also in Indianapolis. And um, I was the vice president and my main focus was on internal operations. My background's actually in finance. And so I led that. I led, you know, all the other like general administrative legal um, aspects of the company. Um, And then HR and recruiting was also on my plate for roughly our first 40, 50 hires before we hired a dedicated um, director to lead HR. Um, And so for me, it was just crazy busy trying to manage what was effectively multiple full-time jobs all at once during, you know, a big swing of our hiring. And um, I found myself being, you know, really bogged down by my calendar, uh, having all these, what I thought would be short interactions with candidates that still, you know, took up a lot of time. And then I found the, one of the aha moments was that I was really repetitive. I was asking intentionally the same seven questions to every candidate. And I just felt Hey, if I could just pre-record these and send it out, it would be way more convenient for the candidates. They would have a better experience because they wouldn't be, you know, waiting for me. And I would also be able to listen to it on my own time and, you know, move the process along faster. And then my co-founder also had similar um, experience. He, um, he's also my brother. His name's Devin. Um, and he recruited in the in-home care space. And so that's high turnover. Right. And, you know, he spent, you know, half his day on the phone and still had other responsibilities um, outside of that. Um, and so we saw this pain point ourselves and, and knew that there was a bigger problem for recruiters that we could solve. And so we, we started to build it. I love that. And uh, Indianapolis, for, for folks that don't know, is, is a wonderful tech hub. There are some great HR and recruiting technology companies that yeah. are there and some, just some, some great folks in our industry that are there. So uh, a lovely Absolutely. place as, as well. So what's interesting is even in your role uh, at, at your previous company, you still, you know, you said, you said seven questions. I don't know if that was an arbitrary number or not, um, but that's, you, you had a standard, you had an approach to interviewing that was uh, more appropriate than, than I would say the, the normal kind of HR normal person. Cause uh, you know, that term actually uh, you can go on to their website. They have, they, they list all the different hiring bias biases. I think there's mm-hmm. seven or eight different hiring biases. Right. Um, and, and w- one of those to get out of that is to standardize as you did then. And as you help your customers do, now, do you, do you remember any of your seven questions? I, it's actually some of the, I, I can, pull it, <laughs> it, it take me a second, I can pull it up, but it is, it, it actually is the, those questions I mentioned earlier around how I coach people through right. the interview. It stems from that. Um, oh, that's genius. It, it actually was seven questions. It wasn't an arbitrary number because I remember it because I, I found an article online I think it was titled the seven questions you should ask in a phone interview. Um, and for context, it was my first time uh, right. Right. people, So I wanted to do, I, I didn't know, you know, exactly what I should ask. So I referenced what seemed like a reliable source and um, I didn't know at the time, but it was standardizing and I right. think that was helpful. Uh, but now I, I recognize that that is uh, highly recommended to, uh, be able to oh, 100%. Uh, compare candidates, you know, on a more objective basis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's actually the way what's nice is you did it, you, you did it in eight, like 
but but uh, what's great about it is now you understand kind of foundationally and you can help people. You yeah. know, that's this is the thing is what's when, when you're coaching people, you use that word uh, a, a number of times when you when you're working with customers and you're coaching them as to these things. It's you're you're also eliminating bias, you know, in, in a way. Uh, because you're teaching them that, hey, listen, this is this is why you want to do this. This is, yeah. you know, this is, you know, we you can use different questions. I mean, that's okay. There, those can, you can move those in and out. However, you feel uh, best represents the company or the job. But asking the candidates, all the candidates, the same questions is important to them, and it's important for you to be able to evaluate all that talent. So, uh, I love that. Yeah. No, and that's like. <laughs> That's also one of the challenges out of the gate for us was just right now you heard me lead with the, the fastest phone interview experience. So we really um, uh, stand by the, the fact that we can help speed, like make things faster and more efficient. But there's also all these other value propositions around like you, you, you touched on the DEI components, the right. compliance side of it. Um, but yeah, the consistency and the fairness that goes into it is also a big uh, value proposition that we like to uh you know, explain to people because they might ask like, well, I can't ask follow-up questions in this format and where that is true. Um, there is a time and place for those follow-up questions. Right. And then two, sometimes those, those questions could create different experiences for different mm-hmm. candidates that may. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and this is what some of the bias, right? So you and I do an interview and you ask me the, the coffee question. And I go blank, you know, maybe I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. right? Well, or I go into a really specific Starbucks order and, yeah. and it kind of triggers you like, oh shit, you know, you, you, you <laughs> like soy too, you know, now, now you, now we yeah. go off on this bit and that's a different experience from the very next candidate that maybe is a tea drinker. Yeah. And the one that's relevant for me that I always present is like, I'm an athlete. I played sports you know, right. through college. And so, you know, if, if you know, a, a, a positive trigger for me is like, Oh, if I find out someone played basketball, then it's like, Oh, this person's a hooper. And, you know, maybe we, maybe we can relate on those levels, but they may not be qualified for the job at all, but I might that's, like for the wrong reason. That's know? exactly so. right. That's exactly right. Well, you can't be in Indiana and not play basketball. So, <laughs> so that, that, it's it's like a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah. I live in Texas. We you have to have a gun. Football. So oh, uh, <laughs> in Indiana, you 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 literally can't be in Indiana and not at least have a basketball goal in your in your driveway. So, I mean, you just can't. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Um, last thing uh, that that I want to ask is. Anyway, we don't get into the specifics of pricing, but kind of the pricing philosophy. How do y'all, how do y'all, t- you know, take people through kind of the way things cost for qualify? Yeah. So I guess before we get into those pricing conversations, we really want to obviously understand, uh, we take people through like the typical sales process and really try to understand what problems they are encountering and how we can be of value to them to really like unpack that ROI for them. Um, but the, the typical method in which we price is usually based off of their hiring demands, their company size and their hiring demands, which is basically their volume. Um, and we charge usually a subscription, um, which is uh, on an annual basis, but often it is a, um, it, it is a process change for them. So we'll, we'll give them the option to do, you know, one to three month pilot on a month to month basis to, right. uh, to really 
see for themselves the results that we can bring and then make that that longer term decision decision yeah well there's no doubt i mean i see the value and i think people will immediately see the value i love that you let people hey listen if you know this is there is some change to this uh for the organization and for process etc so let's let's go slow to go fast yeah you know try it let's do the let's 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 take our let's take a couple jobs through it and then 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 let's let's get serious so yeah. i love it like yeah at this point i mean maybe in the earliest of stages it might have been a little bit we were a little bit nervous because it wasn't proven out um, but right. now we've, we've, we've seen it work. We, we have people that, that love working with us. And now it's just like, Hey, like, yeah, we'll do a trial. Like we love showing off our product and you'll see for yourself. So, um, so yeah. Well, this has been wonderful and it's qualify with an I dot HR. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. We got a cute koala as their logo. So <laughs> yeah who who doesn't like that come on <laughs> seriously uh darren this has been fantastic thank you so much for coming on the use case podcast yeah thank you so much for having me this is fun awesome and thanks for everyone for listening and until next time on the use case podcast thanks you've been listening to recruiting daily's use case podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com. 